my God. Hello. We are back. Hello. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was such an unexpected delay in uploading, so we <laughs> really apologize for that, um, but we are back now. Dude, it's been like six weeks. Has it been that I long? F- and may- and maybe it's been six days. I don't know. I've lost track. <laughs> I think it's been I'm like three well. weeks. Yeah, it's been a few weeks, but it's not been the greatest of... Ex- I mean, we were both sick. The baby was sick. Yeah, so what <sighs> happened... I don't... If you guys follow us on Instagram, you have seen my updates. If you're not following us there, you should. It is hardly adulting pod on Instagram. Go give us a follow. But anyways, I shared on there that um, our son started daycare. And y'all aren't playing when you say that daycare germs are intense. Because they took out our whole entire house. All three of us for weeks. were down and so sick for a while. And so we were going to record... Um, and we could not get through the episode without coughing like every two seconds. And, and just a little add on that probably is going to happen during this. So if you just probably. all of a sudden hear like a cow hacking in the background, <laughs> it's just yours truly. Sorry. <laughs> Robitussin has only gone so far. We're all doing a lot better now, but we still have some residual cold in us um yeah. but yeah so that happened so that really delayed us even though we tried really hard to record it just was not happening then i needed a part for my mic so that delayed us and i was like oh my god we had a pretty janky setup there for a second yeah. it was like super glued and hot glued and you know it is what it is folks yeah it was rough and then we were soundproofing where we record and then my mic got messed up with, because it was again janky yep. and so we needed to get a part so we could record like it was just hot mess express over here in our household and then this is definitely a story for another day but basically very short little tidbit I got let go from my job and I just honestly was not mentally in the headspace to sit down and record so that's pretty much been why we've been so delayed but like I said, we are back and we're ready to record yep. and to get into all of this. Yep. And I also am so sorry because I felt like we left you all hanging because we started our like infertility series that we started. We dropped one episode on that and then we disappeared. But we're back with episode two in the series. Oh, yeah. So should we dive in? Yeah, I mean, I should. They're waiting. Let's do it. <laughs> So today we are going to basically just dive into more about infertility and talk about the misconceptions and the challenges. In the first part of the series, if you missed it, check it out. But basically we just kind of talk through our whole infertility journey, like our timeline, what happened with our story. And then today we really just kind of wanted to talk about more of the details and like the feelings and all of that behind it. Um, With the misconceptions, um, I actually got a lot of feedback from listeners and from followers. So like I mentioned before in our one episode about um, social media, I do have, you know, a smaller but 
decent size following on Instagram. And I had asked my followers on there um, what they felt the most common misconceptions were when it comes to infertility. And I took down all of those responses and I narrowed it down to the really most popular ones and the ones that I also really connected with. And we wanted to talk through those. So thanks to everybody. If you follow me on Instagram, if you submitted um, any thoughts on this, because we are definitely using them. So the first misconception um, is that couples who don't have children just don't want children. Yeah, it's kind of a gray area, right? Yeah. And this, I feel, this is such a good, like, misconception because... It's like an assumption, too. Yeah, it's an assumption. It's a misconception. I feel like a lot of people think this, and I don't really understand why, that, like, if you just don't have children, like, you just, you must just not want them. And the reality is, like, so many people have so many stories or challenges as to maybe why they don't have children, and... I think it's just like a topic that people should just be more aware of that there could just be way more to the story and way more to the situation than what you're just like seeing from the outside looking in. And I definitely think that a lot of people, they they come at that whole thought process from a a position of positive intent. Mm -hmm. Like, because there is this kind of sexy image of kidless lifestyle you know you go on vacations all the time and you have like 50 dogs and like you know some people just want that like we have friends acquaintances i should say not really friends but um that they're like a hundred percent never having kids like they just are very honestly and vocal about it and i don't think that's a problem yeah like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that like to each their own right like but everyone I feel like picks that their should own. be something that you are told not something that you assume yeah like in conversations and stuff I I really think like it's okay and I think it's a positive thing to like talk about these topics but I definitely think it's a better idea to let people come to you Mm -hmm. with like what their situation is yeah because I I can tell you from personal experience (laughs) there it is um there's another one sorry oh boy um when I would be on these work trips and work calls and, you know, people meeting me for the first time and they'd always be like, oh, you know, do you have any kids? And I'd be like, no, not yet. You know, we're, we're, we're working on it. And they'd be like, well, do you even want kids? And I'd be like, hi, this is the first conversation we've ever had. You know, what's your 401k balance? How's that? Is that a weird question to ask? Or I wouldn't even like, I would just be like, I, I know you so little that I really don't want to like divulge that kind of information to you. So I'd be like, no, no kids. And they'd be like, oh, that's the best, dude. Like kids are so annoying. And you're just like, bro. The amount of times that I would get asked that, especially when I was like in the thick of infertility, I wanted to like sink into a dark hole and cry. I just started not giving a <laughs> shit too. Like I would be like, "Oh, you want to lean into this? All right, fine. Yeah, um, trying, but shit doesn't work. Do you have some money?" <laughs> and then they'll just stare at me like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm just kidding, dude. Isn't that awkward?" And then they'd be like, "Okay." And then they would just never talk to me about the subject ever again, which you know is not a positive thing that I did either. But it's like, how do you, that's a that's a one sided conversation. Yeah, it's so annoying, but you know. Definitely. I also got pretty open with it at one point. Like I pretty much would just tell well, everyone. It's a straw like, that breaks the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, like and you just at one point give up. Yeah, 
for sure. But so that's a uh, one of the most common like misconceptions um, that was submitted to us, and I totally agree. Dude, like, I could fill a podcast just <laughs> on that subject alone, like yeah, stories that I have. So like, oh my god, I, I mean, in in the other side of it too, which is like even dumber, is that when they assume that you just don't want kids, when you, cor- I don't want to say correct them, but I mean it's really what you're doing. Um, they almost like challenge your thought process sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why would you want to have kids? Like, if you know you're you're you know living the life, like you can do whatever you want, you can buy whatever you want, you can go on vacations. And I'm like, I mean, do you really want to crack into my moral theory <laughs> on life? Like, dude, it's none of your fucking business. Sorry, Aunt Carol, I just said the f word really loud. If you're listening, <laughs> my aunt my aunt does not like when I say the f word, but. <laughs> Uh, it was it was needed <laughs> but yeah no i mean it's it's one you can tell like usually i'm pretty like low-key on some of these things that's one of those things that just really gets in my it's it's what put the crack in my ass honestly yeah and i think too it's hard for people to understand like it's something that you won't understand how it strikes a nerve unless you're like going through infertility and then it's like imagine being asked that so often like eventually it just like it's so irritating and it's so old and you just want to like scream Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's really hard to like understand how that just gets to someone after a while unless you're like going through it and experiencing it totally Next one is that infertility is mostly a woman's issue. So obviously for our story, like we shared, like we were both the issue. <laughs> um, but I don't it's know. It's we, <laughs> us, we're the problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, is Taylor going to come after us for royalties after that? I mean, I was a parody. Oh, my God. Anything involved with Taylor Swift, like Yo, I'm for it. That- how's how's that ticket hunt going by the way i don't want to talk about it anyways um i just i literally can't talk about it or i'll start crying it's bad there was there was a moment where we hit a low low not only are we going through sickness and all this but then miranda's like this is my last chance to get on this fucking tour and then she goes and applies and gets waitlisted and i'm like oh my god this yeah. poor woman. <laughs> it just it just wasn't happening for me. She's got to come again. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I don't know why it is, though, but for some reason, like, society normally and typically pins infertility on the female. And I don't really know why. Like, because it can absolutely just be the male. It could be both. Like... There's so many different scenarios. Like, I don't understand why that is, but that is a really common misconception. Um, But it's just not true. Yeah. Do you want my, like, crazy thought process on this? Sure. And and I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm starting to go down this (laughs) rabbit hole that you're like, Jesus, we need to, like, reel this back, just... Just tell me, because I'm going to go deep if I don't be careful. Here we go. So, all right. I feel like there is a, just a, like, a, a, a Jake spit it out. Oh, my God. There's, there's just, like, a human 
history towards this subject in general. You know, mm. you, and, and this is going to get super creepy, but like <laughs> you always hear like in like like comedies like Step Brothers, right? I've come to deliver my seed when he like breaks the door down to the therapist in like this dream world when they're singing that song at the Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. That has always been this like underlying theme in our I think existence as a species where the man is never wrong he's the one that impregnates it's it's not it's always the man that does the deed and then it's the woman that grows it so if it's not happening it can't be the man i mean the man is the is is the seed like he 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 is the one that's never wrong he he is the one that chooses you the man's never wrong like even if you watch like movies like vikings or like the tv show vikings you read stories you, you know everything is based around this you you know you have created a, a bad environment for our kid you obviously did something and that's why you weren't able to get pregnant read a history book it's always the woman's fault and I, I, I honestly think that there's a little bit of like a residual assumption from those centuries and centuries of what was at one point like scientific theory that that is why it's a woman issue. No, it's sad and messed up. And even right but... now, I feel like there's a little bit of a pressure on, on the male side of things to kind of hide that fact that, oh, maybe it's something is wrong with me. Because in a lot of ways, you look at you look at history, it would make you less of a man compared to the thousands and thousands of generations before you. When in reality, it's just not true. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not even like uh, like something that you did, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, some people I've heard they say, "Well, it must be your environment." You know, it might be hereditary. Like, it, we don't know. Like, it is. It just is what it is. Sometimes. Sorry, <laughs> rant. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. It's very like egotistical and like just, yeah, you make some really good points that it, I mean, we all know, like that's where history has led us, unfortunately. Like that's how it was. Um, Women, women, oh my God, I can't speak today. It's not wrong. Women deserve so much better and so much more. We are slowly, slowly getting there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, speaking of hereditary. No. No. I said oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no. No. Oh. Um, well, that is the next one that people uh, kind of put in that people have this misconception that infertility is hereditary and no, I mean, it can, it can be like, I just feel like there's not enough info. Well, right. I mean, like that, infertility, that's such a specific point. Like, right. It's in your genes. Like infertility can be caused by so many things. And a lot of times you don't even know why. So like technically you could have something that is hereditary that impacts your fertility, but like infertility itself is not hereditary does that make sense oh yeah like there could be things that affect your fertility that are hereditary it's such a lazy generalization to why yeah and and it's just as like i I feel like a lot of people do that to try to just make it better on i don't i don't know why people say that but like that that's like saying your your hair's black or, or brown or blonde or whatever color because of the way that you sat in the sun when you were a baby like dude no one i mean come on that 
break it down. I'm sure somebody's got an answer on that, but I can tell you that that is not the key factor to all this. And maybe it is, and we just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. But we have to take the the knowledge that we have today and, and the experience that we've had today, and I can tell you that every doctor we've talked to never has said that that's the root cause. Mm-hmm. For sure. The next one. Oh, this one. This is going to be my rant sesh. Um, a lot of people think that it's easier or cheaper to adopt. I know nothing about the subject. Oh, my God. I have so much to say on this. So... And maybe it's just like a personal thing for me, too, because I share my journey online. And so, you know, I'm kind of out there for people to come at. But in the infertility community in general on Instagram and just in the world um, or even just infertility in general, so many people just have this opinion and feeling that if you can't have children like you should adopt which adoption is a beautiful thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, there's just so many misconceptions with that. Number one, adoption is not cheap. Adoption is like incredibly expensive and there's so much to it. And it's so confusing to me why everyone just acts like it's like so cheap and so easy it's like totally that's totally totally not the case at all i mean i definitely don't know a lot of the details but i know that people like you said they just assume it's easy you are taking a very very young child and making them a part of your family this isn't like older too or older okay you're taking a child under the age of 18 and you're you're legally binding them to you this isn't like going to buy a potato or buy like a car. I mean, I feel like it's even harder than buying a house. Like, it's just it's a huge. And that's just that's just on like the logistical right. Side. Like, there's so much to it. Like, there's a lot of laws. There's a lot of legal. There's a lot of just a lot of stuff. Emotion. There's it's financially super expensive. Do you like, have like a lawyer and shit for this? Yes. Oh my god. Like, yeah, let her go right there. It's I mean, I'm like pretty Easy. sure. Like, I'm not an expert on adoption. I've just I've witnessed a lot of information and stories from other like being online, like in this community. Like, I've learned stuff about it, but like there is a lot involved and people that are super against like IVF and stuff like that. That's like their number one thing. They come at you with, why don't you just adopt? There's so many babies in this world that need homes, which there is. And it's so, so sad. But like, that's not fair to say because it is not cheaper than the cost of IVF or treatments. And there's also like this whole emotional, like there's just, there's so many different things to it. That's not fair. And I also really strongly feel and some people may not agree with me on this, but I strongly feel that the whole entire infertility community should not be responsible for every child that needs to be adopted. Like just because you're infertile does not mean that it's this one group of people's responsibility to adopt all the children. Like, it should be everyone's responsibility. Like, why can't people that are not 
experiencing infertility get pressure to adopt all the time. So, I mean, do you feel, because obviously you're plugged into that world a little bit more than I am. I just kind of ride on the coattails. But is that really like what is the vibe out there? Like, yes, that's annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you, you get it. Like, I mean, a lot of times, like people that share their story openly, like they will share comments and dms that they receive of people just being like you know (coughs) bingo sorry they say like oh i have a tickle in my throat here we go okay we're back sorry about that (laughs) so they say like the things that i've seen and what i've wow (laughs) what i've also (laughs) i need a new mic boom arm (laughs) she old um, but what I've seen and also experienced that people will say, well, you're infertile, so that's God telling you that, you know, you shouldn't have children and like you should adopt or why spend all this money and go through all this, like just adopt, like just adopt, just adopt, just How adopt. Like that's everyone leaves always each other the fuck alone. Uh, absolutely. Everything that is on this list to me, I just see lazy, 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 lazy. And I mean, lazy, meaning it's a misconception because people are too lazy to just have a conversation and be like, I don't really understand. Can you, can you enlighten me? Not even totally. educate me, just enlighten me. Totally. And it's just, well, I have an answer and I can fix it right now. It's like, no, you're just being lazy. You're not taking the time to put the effort in to just yeah. understand. Yeah. But I just want to be like really clear. Like I think adoption is a beautiful thing. And for people like whose path that, that calls to them 100% support that I think it's wonderful but it's just people really need to just stop thinking and assuming and saying that this infertility community should just be (laughs) just adopt like don't just say just adopt because there is just so much more to all of that I mean I feel bad that you guys are targeted like that and and even if it's not something that people mean to do like it's just the fact that there's that pressure as like a okay well it's not working well here's an easy out there's no easy out here the easy out is for it to just work but like i was saying before like i have never seen or experienced people who are not experiencing infertility get told like oh why don't you adopt like oh you want a fourth baby why don't you adopt like that's never the conversation why don't you just pay my mortgage <laughs> is that fair? No. But yeah, it's it's just like everyone who's like nasties go to. Well, you know what else is a good go to? <laughs> just relax. Oh, It'll God. all happen. Uh, so I I know with this misconception, which by the way, so many people submitted this one. Um, it's like a saying that like people mean well. Like we know that like people mean nice things when they say this but I will just let you know that when you tell someone going through infertility just relax (laughs) and it will happen that is so dismissive to someone's feelings and the entire like turmoil and experience of what infertility brings and I will also promise you that relaxing and taking a vacation and not thinking about it and not worrying about it is not going to make you miraculously fall pregnant it's just not at least that is so un- unnormal 
for it to happen that it shouldn't even be considered like a strategy. It's just it's just not. It's just that's just not how yeah. it, it it works. Yeah. Like I mean, that's not reality. And like, and I get that. Like when people don't know what to say, they go to those common like sayings, yeah. and I do understand that, but. I'm here to educate everyone that it is such a dismissive saying um, because you're also just telling someone like it, it's going to happen. And and honestly, it may not right. like you're just dismissing this very, very complex situation. And it's it's hard to hear after a while because that's also just something that constantly gets said and gets brought up and it's also just a very dismissive thing to say in a conversation like if you want to shut someone down from talking about this if you say that that will get a person to just like not want to talk about anything anymore and footnote we did just try relaxing and it didn't happen (laughs) like we took an entire summer off of treatments of focus and on it specifically and it didn't work and that's that's a thing too where like I love when, like, people give this advice of, like, relax or, like, have you tried this or have you... Like, yes, I, I of course, have tried the most common, easiest things to try to become pregnant. Like, I did not just wake up one day and be like, hey, I want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and give myself shots and, like, go through IVF. Like, no... to be fair, you did wake up one day and choose that. It just came with a lot of baggage of, I tried. But, like, no one just, like, wakes up and just is like, oh, I'm gonna, like, go down this dark path. one percent of the people out there. Right. Right. Like, it's just... I guess, like, if your reason for doing IVF IVF is infertility, like, you're not just gonna, like, wake up and choose that. And it's also, like, that's so frustrating when people say that, like, because it's like, oh, no, like, I I don't know how this works. I didn't try anything else. Like, it's just, it makes, when people say stuff like that, it makes the person going through this just feel like you just think they're, like, stupid or something. Or, or it, it, yeah, dismissive is the best way to put it. Because, you know, could you imagine not feeling well, like, waking up nauseous and somebody go, well, just relax. It'll go away. And you're like, bitch, I'm a throw up on you. Like, yeah. no. And, and and it's like that. That is usually somebody's catchphrase for everything because they just it's it just to me when somebody says that it just feels like you don't want to hear my shit. Like, hey, what's going on? Oh, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with X, Y and Z. Oh, well, you just relax. It'll all happen. I, I mean, I have, a, I have a great little story. It's sidetrack. You know, <laughs> do you want me to go down this path yeah. on this? Go for it. Go for it. I don't know what story you're about to tell. You're going to go, oh, as soon as I start it. So my mom had knee surgery years ago. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, by herself. And um, her friends would stop by. We we had lived out of of town, like hours away. So I wasn't able to always just be there for her. But um, one night she was having a lot of pain. And it was causing her a lot of anxiety. And it was to the point where she had to call her best friend to come help. And they were like, you are having a panic attack and you're like older. You can't be like, this isn't healthy. We need to call EMS. So they called the, the, the paramedics came and they walked in and she was like, my knee really hurts and I'm, I'm not okay. Like I'm freaking out like this, this is hurt. You know, it's, it's stressful to be alone. And then a knee surgery sucks. Um, and then the, the paramedic was like, well, have you tried just calming down? <laughs> and my mom was like, get the fuck out of my, house. like obviously in that moment, the rage was real, but like, Dude, come on. 
even though like that story has nothing to do with infertility, that's like a perfect right. example. Could you imagine like you got of, shot and you're like, like, have you tried just relaxing? Right. Like it'll be fine. And I think that's like part of the problem where like a lot of people that say this stuff, they haven't experienced infertility. So like they don't really get it. But like try to view it in that scenario of like you're in severe pain and you're calling a paramedic and they're they're telling you like, have you tried relaxing? Like, think of it in that, like, no, duh. Right. Like, you're not going to obviously say that or think that. Like, that's a great way of thinking about what you say in situations with infertility. Yeah, just pick anything that sucks and then yeah. imagine being given this advice that you're about to come out of your, your mouth hole. Yeah, totally. Ugh. The next one is also a rough one. We did try this, by the way. <laughs> Everything on here we have attempted. <laughs> or have experienced. Yes. Um, if you just keep trying, it will happen. Yep. Nope. <laughs> this. Oh, believe me, oh fellas. I tried. I tried <laughs> a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, mom. But even like for this, like people say this a lot, even with just like rounds of IVF. Like mm-hmm. everyone just is like, oh, like just keep going. It'll happen. And like I get to where again, like I understand where people come from where like they're trying to be positive. They're trying to like and, speak this into existence. Yeah, and it is an optimistic yes, mindset. Like, that's that's it good. It totally but. is. But the reality is, is that it is like a situation, a few things. One, it is kind of something where like you can't just keep doing something like 50 times and like expect a different outcome mm-hmm. to happen. But also sadly and really unfortunately, there are a lot of people that go through a different variety of infertility treatments and including IVF. And unfortunately, it does not work for them. Like people just have this like misconception that like IVF will work for everyone. And like it totally does not work for everyone. I have never heard of something being guaranteed. Yeah. Like fertility treatments like nothing is guaranteed so like if you really think about it the reality is like people will try a million things for years they will spend so much money and go through all of this for a chance right like and a lot of times like i said very unfortunately people will go through this and do all of this so many times and still not have a child right and then they eventually get to the point where they're just like, I have to, like, close this chapter. And right. it's heartbreaking. But, like, it's so irritating when people just always tell you, like, it'll happen or keep trying or just assuming that, like, this is just going to work for everyone because it just it just doesn't. Like, I feel like our public school system, as a public school kid here, hello, my name is public school kid, um, they don't really teach honest real like sexual education in our public school system and i'm talking about new york state which is a better school system you know in general a better state for public schools dude i walked out of high school like like almost guaranteed that if i peed on a toilet seat i was gonna get a girl pregnant like i just had to like like osmosis my sperm and it would happen and it was horrifying and then come to find out like no that shit's like it's like moon landing like you have to get it in a window. You have to do it with this. And all of a sudden it's now become this like chess game that I don't even understand what the pieces mean. And it's complicated. Yeah. I mean, like 
the whole thing that you get taught when you're younger and growing up is like nothing anywhere close to like what my experience was with any right, of this. I felt like I was in an episode of South Park. It was awful. <laughs> like, um, sex is bad. Getting a girl pregnant, okay? It just is like not the truth. And you know, to be honest, with the if you just keep trying, it will happen. You know, yes, it, it is a very optimistic. It's a very um, what what is it called? Where you like tell the universe. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, oh my to, goodness, my brain is not working. Yep, I know. Welcome to my world. You're, you're manifesting. manifesting. There we go. There is, in my opinion, a lot that manifesting does do. Mm-hmm. And, and it may in some way help a situation just by bringing your cortisol levels down by calming down a little bit and, you know, <laughs> back to the, it's, you just relax. It'll happen. But I, I gotta be honest. I have been trying for years, decades, if not forever to use the force to grab my phone when I'm tired and my bed. And it doesn't, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Okay. And if that hasn't happened, I don't think just trying it'll eventually happen is a, is a catch all for yeah. things. And I think too, it kind of goes with all of these things that like, you should really take the lead of like the person going through it. Like if they are saying stuff like, Oh, I'm going to keep trying. Like hopefully it'll happen. Then they're like in that stage, like they're trying to be optimistic and they're saying this, you know, but like just again, let the person lead where they're at and don't just like come at someone with these ridiculous things. Well, and it's also, um, I think a lot of people don't think this way, but it's not the, if, if I'm talking to you, Miranda, and, and you're telling me about your story, it's not my job to make you feel better. Like you're going through this and you're mm-hmm. basically just like telling me the story. It's not my job to fix it. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the table during this conversation. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. So that is, I feel like just like a people pleasing, totally. uh, you know, like reaction. Totally. And it goes back to like the being dismissive because I remember like when I heard this a lot of like, just keep trying. It'll happen when we were like, really far into this and we've tried multiple times and it wasn't working and I remember like I was struggling like my body was weak like I was just like everything just felt like it was shutting down on me from like taking all of these medications and going through all of this and like mentally I was a wreck and then I just went hearing that like not only was super annoying but it was like what about me yeah like, what about, like, me as a person, like, yeah. going through this? Like, am I just supposed to, like, keep pushing myself through, like, the weeds and, like, just be tattered and bruised and, like, messed up from this? But, like, I'm just supposed to keep trying. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's also another aspect that it's, like, there's, again, like, there's just so much to all of this. Yeah. And and I do, this is my opinion, and please, if you have a contradicting opinion, like, I'm not going to be upset or anything. But, you know, if anybody's hearing these misconceptions and, and you've done them, I, I can tell you that I forgive you. Like, it, it's it's awkward. It, it's like it's a learning experience. And especially with all of this, stuff, like, just like we were saying, like, not that long. Like, all of this stuff is fairly still new to society, but also like as a society like we were not as open about this stuff even just a few years ago so like we all were not like openly talking about this stuff so like people are still learning and that's why like i really do try 
to give people grace with this stuff but I think it's like if you even slip up or make a mistake and you learn from it like acknowledge like be like I'm really sorry I said that it's so hard for people to do and I don't understand I don't understand like for people to just like own like just call yourself out be like, like you know what I said this I'm really sorry I like learned from it and like you know like just I don't know just we have to continue to learn. I to feel make like this it's better. you know the whole like and uh there, there's like an old <laughs> saying of uh, hard times make strong men, strong men make easy times, easy times make weak men, weak men make hard times, and then the cycle repeats itself. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I think if we take that men part out and just say people, we we are in one of those moments where I think people are just not currently comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, 100%. So, you know, when, when somebody's faced with a moment where you definitely, like, you struck a chord, not everybody, and I think we are outside the norm in this area, like, if I do that and somebody goes, well, um, Jake, I don't know about that. I always go, whoops, and um, yeah, so I'm dumb, and then we, like... Done. We're, we can move on. Like, I acknowledge yeah, like, I did no something stupid. Yeah, like, perfect. And, and not everyone knows everything. Right. And, like, that's okay. Um, Going back really quickly to the whole being uncomfortable part, I think that's so true. Like, so many people I feel nowadays, especially with this topic, they feel so uncomfortable. And that's where, like, all of this comes from of people saying things. But I always thought, too, like, if you're uncomfortable, imagine how uncomfortable I am going through all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you had 30 seconds of weirdness when I'm yeah. weirdness. Like, my whole life <laughs> for years is, like, uncomfortable yeah. and weird. And it's like, you know, it's okay to just, like, sit in the feelings or just, like, acknowledge what is going on. Because, yeah, like, it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so the next thing is just do IVF. No big deal. Just, just do IVF guys. Just, just do it. They say it's as easy as getting on an airplane. (laughs) This is something that is said a lot. And, uh, this one irks me too, because IVF is super expensive and like we were saying before like it's also not guaranteed and so I like people just again like they just like have this misconception that it's just like so easy like just take some shots and some meds and like have an egg retrieval and like get pregnant and like I mean it's like it's just like it's not that easy I will will admit this I was (coughs) oh good bless you sorry I was that guy who thought that like, I'll just do IVF. It's no big deal. Like, you know, just pump one out. And I had a coming to Jesus moment when we went to our clinic to have like a class on shots and stuff. And it was for the retrieval process. So the shots to, you know, develop your follicles and everything. And I will never forget the like sick feeling I had walking out of that class. You were like, we're doing this thing, going to the car. And I'm over here dragging my heels because I'm like, holy shit, like, we have to do, oh, what? And, well, and then, and yeah. hold on, and then there was the one time where we were sitting in that class, and they're like, and then, guys, if, if your partner um, starts to show X, Y, and Z symptoms, um, you're going to have to call an ambulance because they're going to die from whatever, it was like over follicle stimulation or something. And I was like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, who decided that this was the route we have to... Oh, there is no other option. Got it. Okay. But yeah. I, I just was so ignorant to this stuff. And, like, I felt embarrassed myself. But then I, I kind of, like... Like you said, give yourself... Give you grace out there. I gave myself grace and was like, no, you donk. You, you didn't know. And, and it's like, the fact that I didn't know, I think, angered me more. Not because of my ignorance, but because, like, this is something that's fresh. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're going through it years, a few years after I got out of what is considered higher education. And no one sat me and my dumb ass down and threw out the truth to me. No one did. And I don't blame anybody for it because it's awkward, like you, what you've been saying. But, like, this is part of the human experience. Like, people go through this shit. And we're just starting to talk about mental health. We're just starting to talk about equal, you know, truly talking about the rights of everybody. And and here we are not just discussing how difficult to fund the taxpayer pool is, mm-hmm. to put it really cold. Mm-hmm. But like, oh my God, I, I couldn't believe just how, how Just Do IVF came with a Bible-sized packet of holy shit and... I would have just assumed it takes yeah. 15 minutes. And again, like it's something that if you don't experience it, you will never fully understand just like everything. I mean, even down to just like you have to sign waivers and paperwork like you have to have conversations that if you're doing it like with a partner that like when you create embryos if you die or divorce or separate like what happens to these embryos like that's how serious this is and like how uncomfortable and like not only is it like a financial thing and like a physical thing and like a mental thing like there's all these other just like parts to it that like no one I feel doesn't like people don't even know like people don't even know or like the fact that you have to like learn how to give yourself shots like you were saying this class we went to like it hits you like a ton of bricks while you're going through it so like you kind of have to like be knocked out but like stand up and just like keep pushing through and everyone around you like you know is like just live in their life doing whatever yeah uh, the nuance of everything um the, you know they always say the devil's in the details the details that are involved with IVF like it, it's more than even just personal like you said yeah. it's just complicated <laughs> and it is it's taxing on just you trying to keep things straight. Yeah, and I could sit here for hours in episode after episode, like, trying to, like, describe and, like, talk through everything. And it just, it's still just, like, wouldn't explain it. it. It would not, like, fully encompass everything that it is yeah. to someone. You just, you have to go through it to get it. And I hope that, like people listening don't have to go through it and if you have gone through it i'm i'm freaking there with you it fucking sucks and aside like we we kind of been touching and going on it but aside from all of these nuanced issues it's it's expensive this oh my god i again could go off on a rant for this people truly do not understand how expensive this stuff is and it's i 
again and this also ties back to the whole adoption thing like IVF is so expensive it's crippling but like adoption in most cases is even like more expensive yeah yeah because I and I think it's impossible to really quantify a generalized statement on it because everyone's different and the thing too sorry still getting over this cold so riled up Um, cough wants to scream it is um but it's like I could sit here and give you numbers, which we can, and maybe we will in a minute here. But the thing, too, with it, with in terms of, like, cost with IVF, is that it's, like, it's different everywhere. Like, it matters what state you live in, what clinic you go to, what your protocol is, which a protocol means, like, your, your medication and, like, what your process is going to be. Because it's, like, it's different for everyone. Your insurance could be different. Like, I know people that, like, their insurance had some kind of like IVF infertility coverage. Some places where people worked, like they had coverage and then like other people had nothing or like people lived in states where like part of it was covered and there's states where like nothing's covered. Like it is just like the wild, wild fucking West out there when it comes to this. So it's like, yeah, someone could pay like $50,000 for like a one round and then like someone else could be paying like, 15 like it's no matter what you like where you are and how much it is it's freaking expensive but like there is a huge like range and we're talking just the procedures yes like they're like the clinic that we went to they had people flying from like australia yeah because there was just like like you said it's not guaranteed so these these poor people out here that are trying from where they're where they live and what's convenient they have to know add an additional cost of room and board and travel just to have a chance Mm -hmm. and we're not even talking about that yet yeah and like it's just it is crippling it is crippling and like the thing is is like when you're going through this like you're at your darkest and you want more than anything to just like try your best to like live your life and distract yourself but you're also freaking strapped for money Mm -hmm. because this shit is so freaking expensive and like no one truly understands that like you still have to wake up you have to pay your bills you have to feed yourself you have to try to live and you're trying to juggle this like medical expense because you're trying to make like your dreams come true like you want this more than anything and you you're willing to do anything but it is like a mountain and like I think people like assume or have this misconception that like oh like insurance just covers everything no it doesn't it should like insurance should help cover the cost of this because it is a medical condition but it more often than not doesn't Mm -hmm. and like people I think too if they like think that you're paying for it I don't even think they can fathom like the actual cost of the stuff. Like I had one medication, so it was a shot that I took my very last transfer um, that I did that it was a thousand dollars per vial and the vial would only last me two weeks. And I had to take it for like, I think it was like four or five months. Yeah, it, like I, do the math on I that. I remember making jokes like we should put these on our like mantle, and then we're talking like little tiny vials because it was the most expensive piece of art we had in our house. A thousand dollars for two weeks yeah. worth, and and I'm I'm 
I'm open to kind of talk about the reality of the financing because that was not, they're not covered. It's not covered because isn't it like a cancer drug? Yes. So like it's it's being used in an area that they, insurance companies don't consider like relevant. Yeah. And like I said, it's not that like I was paying a thousand dollars for a vial for two weeks worth for four to five months. That was one medication. Like I had a, I think I, I forgot exactly how many, but I think I had like 15 different things that I was like doing. Oh, that like I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all like injectables. Oh my God, no. Money. Yeah. Like between like the like pills and mm-hmm. the injections and like everything I was consuming in some which way. I think it was like 15, maybe even closer to 20 different things that I was doing. And like all of those costed money on top of like paying for the actual procedures and doctor visits and testing and like all that and may i add too which i think if you're not from this world you may not realize but when you do ivf and if you are lucky enough to create you know more than one embryo like you have to freeze it and you have to store these embryos like you also have to pay for those embryos in storage like right now we are still paying for the remaining embryos that we have in storage and we'll always pay on them as long as we have something in storage so it's like this cost that like never goes away yeah and like in this situation like there's always just something that you have to throw money at and i i think i did the math for taxes last year and i didn't even count the storage um between medication between there we'll call it therapies uh which was either surgeries or transfers or whatever one year of IVF, and I think we were very lucky for this, cost us about $22,000 out of pocket. And that's like not including a lot of things in that. Oh, amount. yeah. It like, wasn't including like, the storage fees. It and w- like it, the medication. It was, like, it was including like injectables. I don't think it included the pills you had to take because we, uh, our insurance, we had a very, we were very lucky with the insurance that we have. Uh, it does not cover everything. It does cover some of the pills that you were taking, but we're talking like like the basics of of those those oral pills. Um, but the inject nothing injectable was covered. Uh, if if you ran out of a pen, like you had to beg the the distributor to send it to you, and then you had to pay with a credit card. It mm-hmm. was it was torture, man. Like, and all the while, you know, I'm not shaming anybody but you you have to sit here and watch everybody else live their life yeah so we have to sit here and watch mm-hmm. our friends go on vacations and and i'm not going to sit here and say we didn't we didn't have the flexibility to enjoy ourselves we we did we, we tried really hard but i no one really understood the kind of money that we were paying yeah, to it, do this the and things then, that like, we did for fun was like the only thing we had for our, our own like escape. And if, if we broke it down, we paid nothing even remotely close to what a lot of people pay to go on a vacation to Florida for a week. And and that was to, ex- we, we took somebody's one vacation fund and spread it 12 months. Mm-hmm. That's how we kept ourselves content mm-hmm. with what we were going through. And this isn't a pity party by any means. This is just honest truth. Like for people who are thinking, well, you, you did this, you did that, you did the other thing. Yeah, we did. We, but, the amount of time that we had in our own thoughts with IVF, we tried to um, distract ourselves with how do we execute enjoyment the cheapest way possible, the most 
maybe not frugal, but like the most creative way to turn a dollar into $20, pinch a penny to make a dollar. And that's exhausting on its own. And when you add on top of it, the idea that we are trying to create something that it does not come easy to us. It's a mental game. And, <laughs> and our insurance too, I remember, um, had a, like a, like a value to it that we could use to put towards IVF. And we like blew it all in like three IUIs. Like we in IUIs are expensive too. And we haven't even touched that topic. Yeah. So speaking of costs, so I just went back on my Instagram because I did a post on this where I broke everything down. Oh shit. And I just I like to share like the facts and for the sake of this episode, I'm just gonna kinda read what my post was because I think it's really insightful talking about this. Like if you really wanna debunk a misconception, the facts will do it. So this Damn girl, is a that was luck. that was sharp. Yeah, I mean business <laughs> with this. I'm like fired up. So these numbers, it's a look at the national average cost of treatments. So one IUI cycle, which we went through what that was in our previous episode, but an unmedicated IUI cycle is typically around a thousand dollars. A medicated IUI cycle is is typically between $1,500 and $3,000 a cycle. So the total cost of one IUI cycle nationally, averagely, will be anywhere between $1,000 to $4,000 a cycle. Now getting into IVF. So an IVF cycle, again, nationally, typically will cost around $12,000 just for like certain parts of that. Now the medications can cost anywhere between $4,000 and $6,000. There's extras like the ICIS that we talked about um, in the last episode as well is $1,500. If you add, there's a bunch of additional things you can add like assisted hatching, which is $500, cryo, 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 got you. Preservation, sorry, wow, that was a tongue twister. And storage is around the national average of $600. Frozen embryo transfer, which is like the transfer, is anywhere between $4,000 and $6,000, depending on your meds for that. And then if you're doing like the genetic testing and stuff like that, that's an additional $5,000. So the IVF average national total is typically between... Twenty to thirty-one thousand six hundred dollars. Yeah, for a cycle. So, like for me, like I did two retrievals and four transfers. You do the math on all of that. No, I don't want to. I did yeah. that once. Um, and then also again going into like the facts with this, the success rates. Like we said, it's not. I'm always getting guaranteed. sweaty right now. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. So <laughs> after an IUI, the chances of success are about ten to twenty percent. After an IVF round, the chances of success are about twenty to thirty-five percent. Statistics do vary on this. Um, and it takes the average woman three cycles of IVF before conceiving. Success rates increase 43 to 53% and sometimes even more the more cycles that you try. So if you do the math, three rounds of IVF on the lower end 
comes to about $60,000. This isn't even counting all, like we said, the testing, the blood draws, the office visits, the supplements, acupuncture if you do it, and everything else. Because like I said, there's like a bazillion things that people suggest or, you know, you do. Um, So yeah, like that is like the national average cost. Like I said, there's a very big range um but yeah sixty thousand dollars Miranda, Miranda ju- ju- just relax for a just, chance if you keep trying it'll happen just relax Jesus Christ so yeah that's why we all get a little sensitive with this because like we're not just paying like a couple hundred dollars to do this like we are paying out the butt for I, a chance I, and and honestly I don't know how um People do it alone. No. And I'm going to also be like really honest and I'm not going to get like too far into this, but very lightly graze on it that I felt like we got a lot of shit from people of like, why can't you do this? Why aren't you doing this? Or like, why are you like struggling with this? And it, and it's like, does no one understand like how much like we are trying to juggle financially? Yeah. Like, and, and it's one of those moments too where like, I know where you're going with it because I remember there were a few times and I'm not calling anybody out because it's it's water under the bridge. But, well, why don't you ever like hang out? And it's like, dude, hanging out costs money. I'm sorry. Have you ever just like come over and like sat on somebody's couch and just talked? Sure. But like, tell me last time you've done that. No, you want to go to a bar. You want to go play, you know, a game or you want to go to a shop and buy stuff and go shopping. It's embarrassing to admit when you can't buy stuff and you can't do stuff just in general. But I feel like it's even like compounded when you are struggling with something that people can just dismiss by saying, well, I mean, if it is it really worth it? Like, are you sure? And then you it's not a healthy environment. Number one, it's an uncomfortable environment to admit when you're down. Number two and number three, it's like you've committed and Mm -hmm. and you can't go back. Not because you could go back, but you don't want to, especially when, you know, you're chasing it. It's a, it's a gamble, and you are chasing it. So that that you know that's why I, I definitely agree. Like a lot of people gave a shit, advertently and inadvertently, and it, it was a very it's a very difficult place to be in from your ego perspective, and then just from your mental health for like feeling normal. Yeah, and like and to be like honest too, like. Like, we're still recovering, like, from all of this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, my whole point of this podcast was to be honest and to talk about the difficulties and the truths. And, you know, I I know we're going a little off tangent here. We're really, like, diving deep into a a few of these misconceptions. But, like, they really just hit home. Like, it's really difficult and like I said I feel like sharing these extra details to this just really helps try to paint this picture that's really hard to paint um and it's just like it's hard and and like also too like I we are so blessed and lucky that this did end up working for us like we have a beautiful baby boy out of this but <coughs> sorry But I get asked all the time, like, if we want more. And to be honest, like, not only do I have to think about, like, going through all of this again, but financially, I have to be prepared to pay that kind of money again for a chance. 
it's all very overwhelming. I literally don't know. Oh, this is super exposed. I'm sorry. I don't even know how we could do that. Like it's hard. Right. It's hard having a kid to pay for that and like. Right, and and that's I'm also just talking like the logistics. Yeah, like, and ugh. like the misconception, like that's another one where it's like people just think like, oh, if it worked for you, like it's just it's so easy to keep going. No, you're like scarred. Like I have so much trauma and like issues with just like this whole process like it's hard Mm -hmm. like I went through a lot and like it's really hard like I feel like when you're going through it and you haven't gotten to that finish line yet like you kind of are like in a daze like eventually and you just kind of keep pushing but there's also like a lot of things that are like in the unknown but like once like for me like I got through it and now it's like I see it all, and it's like I don't want to go back. Yeah, it's like like, like I said, you chase it. Yeah, it's like, a gamble. Like, you're like I don't want to give up because no. I'm already look at how much I've done. Right, and you get into a little groove, you get a little momentum, and it's like just just keep swimming, just keep yeah. swimming. And now it's like I literally would have to decide to financially strip us again, financially put us in a hole. Like I don't even know because now we we have a child to support. Like we have a whole different life and we have to then put up that kind of money i'd have to emotionally mentally go back into that place i'd have to inject myself with all this stuff like it's it's not easy like even when you do get a child out of this and to have to do it again like i i don't even know if i if i ever will like it's not easy no. and so even just being in it it's just like it's all not easy I definitely want to cap this because we, we could talk about this yeah. for four hours. But the the only thing that I'll have to say that'll end my part on this is you, you, there's a lot of societal pressure for us millennials. And if you're not a millennial, you can just at least hear our perspective then to not be silly with your money, to not be silly with your future, to li- not just live in the moment, but think about tomorrow. And we basically decided at one point that we are going to get ourselves a foundation in our life to where we can be stable, but then basically ignore the things that normal people do to prepare for their future. And, and, and I say that in like, think of all of the money we've invested into having a kid that could have helped pay off our house, that could have helped put our investment portfolio into something that would be impressive to, you know, you know, take a lot of that money and put it in 401k. Like everything that you're supposed to do by all of the you know larger um, masses that say like this is how you you be smart as an adult, we basically had to say you're right, but we have we have we have work to do. Like we have a goal, we're gonna hit it, and if we have to sell a kidney, so be it. Like I, I, I was ready to do anything, and I know you did do anything you could, but it, it's it I it's almost like we've delayed in mm-hmm. our growth as as adults. But I would do it. I would. I don't want to say I would do it again because we've just talked about. It, we're not sure. But I would not go back to f- past Jake to say, "Hey, like it's not a smart move." Even knowing the result, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, and <clears throat> we do have a few more misconceptions to hit. But before we move on, I just want to say one more thing on this too. That we know, like how privileged and fortunate we are to even have been in a situation. To, like, be able to do this. Like, we were able to figure it out. And even though it was really challenging and we're still recovering, 
like we were able to do it like I know a lot of people that like just they they can't like they just can't and so they don't and you know I just want to acknowledge like we know how lucky we are and we are so lucky and fortunate um to have been able to do this absolutely and I think that's one of the reasons why you started your Instagram I think it's one of the reasons why we both agreed to do this podcast it's it's because we have an ability to discuss this and we can do it calmly Mm -hmm. and we can do it pragmatically in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but know for sure that anyone listening on the other end that there's by no means an easy way to do this at Mm -hmm. all and everybody's struggle is their own struggle um and and you can be sitting there thinking well i had it harder you probably did but i can guarantee you we can all share the same moments that we cried the same moments that we wanted to give up it 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 has all about it's all to do with relativity Mm -hmm. and no one here is coming out the other end going gee whiz that was great let's do that again yeah Yeah. no matter how prepped you are totally (sighs) all right can we move on to something also shitty but not as deep that'd be great <clears throat> we just had some really tough ones there that really i just felt like we really need to dive into i those. should have been drinking i don't um, know what i'm doing here <laughs> but the next one was that everyone faces the same side effects so this is a common misconception and i it's one of like the harder ones because well in a certain way because you know, when you're going through this, like, you just want to, like, support people or be there and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And the thing that's really hard to, like, describe is, like, everyone is different. And so everyone's needs and how everyone reacts to a medication or a procedure is totally different. Mm-hmm. So it's like I may have a different reaction in response to something and someone else will it'd be totally different for them. So it's kind of like you never really know, like... You never really know how someone's going to feel. You don't really know how they're going to react to it. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not like a one size fits all. So that is like a common misconception that can just be hard to juggle because, you know, you can assume like, oh, like I felt this way. So this person is too. And, and they may not. Well, and I even think a side effect is, is really a term that we use to describe an, a, a negative outcome based upon an input um i mean in reality that's that's not the case because i know there were some side effects that you dealt with Mm -hmm. that you didn't really care about you're just like whatever it is what it is but there's other side effects that you're like this sucks like your hair thinning out i remember Mm -hmm. that was a big deal for you Mm -hmm. and um you know but there was some people out there that probably don't care Mm -hmm. like to them it was just like well i I have short hair Mm -hmm. i could care less um but so you know that's and i think that's where some of the misconceptions come in that you know well you're gonna gain weight well some people might not and some people might not care that they gained weight so when somebody goes oh i've seen you gain weight that's a horrible side effect you're like you know what i don't give a shit like i don't care Mm -hmm. so it's it's sort of like the equivalent of people who go through like cancer treatments Mm -hmm. like you might not lose your hair you might not have uh, you know intense vomiting or whatever during you know certain situations you might not have nightmares i know a lot of people talk about that but you you might go through it and be like no nah, my hair fell out but i don't really care you know as a guy i would probably not care personally mm-hmm. but there might be somebody out there who does care as a, as a guy to lose their hair I, I don't know but the reality is as a side effect is an outcome that was not intended based upon a treatment 
and it can be neutral or it can be negative. I'm nine times out of 10 going to say 99 times out of 10. I'm going to go over 10 mm-hmm. that there is no positive side effects. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Um, next one. After you have a baby, everything is solved. Oh, this is a big one for me, too. So this one, I feel, can encompass a lot of different things. But I feel like the most misconception is, like, if you have success with, like, infertility treatments and you have a baby, like, everything is solved. Like, you're you're no longer infertile. And, like, that is so far from the truth. Like, just because... Do people really think that? Yes. Like, it was, like, this... Oh, you found the key to your lock. Yes. And and the thing is, is like that, like it's, it's just not true. Like just because I got pregnant with Mac and had a baby, I'm still infertile. Like I still have the issues that I have. Like this doesn't like cure you. You were just very lucky to like maintain it and like get to the end of it basically. Yeah. And like. For me, again, like I was just saying, like if I was to do this again, there's no guarantee that it'll work again. I could have just gotten like incredibly lucky that like this cycle just worked for me. Like there's a lot of people that like find success and then they go on to have more and it like it never happens again. Or there's people that like it worked for them and then they do it again and again and like it keeps working for them like it's just you just never know but like it doesn't mean that because you have a child you're no longer infertile and i do remember reading um and and it can get a little tricky when we were doing our cycles um and i think i even told you this like they have done the math on the statistics out there that if you do cycle one you have a 10 percent chance you do cycle two you have a 15% chance. If you cycle three, you have a 30% chance. And I think that that is probably realistic statistically. It's sort of like saying if 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 lightning doesn't hit you, you have a higher likelihood of it hitting you if you just wait a little longer. Because no shit, Sherlock. The more you try, the better your odds. But that doesn't mean anything. The, the odds are the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. every time you do it. It just happens to be that the frequency for success statistically gets better Mm -hmm. but you you're still stuck in your odds that Mm -hmm. you you were dealt and that's where the um the the analogy that i i've used before is imagine you have to thread a needle you see the thread you see the needle and the lights turn off and now you have to thread the needle no how do you do that it's impossible Mm -hmm. to do it without help without some sort of intervention and invention to somehow Get you to the point where you can start to thread. I can't even thread a needle with the lights on. I am like so uncoordinated with that. And that that's really what we're talking about here. Statistically speaking, if you try to thread a needle 15 times, you're probably going to hit it. But realistically, if you're probably not. And, and it's so frustrating when everybody says like, well, after you have a baby, everything is all set. Because, okay, sure, but it, all, all that means is we reset to zero mm-hmm. yeah. we, we've just gone from a, all the way to 100 and now we go back to zero yeah you start over there are no like prestige levels here you you start at zero mm-hmm. and um and then it opens up its known challenges like uh, and, and it, it's funny because i remember you were going through the whole like childbirth process and you're like that sucks so bad you know and then like a couple months later you're like 
I mean, it wasn't awful. Like, yeah, it had a moment, it's moments, but it wasn't terrible. It's like, okay, that, your body kind of tricks you, and your mind kind of tricks you to be like, it wasn't that bad. But that doesn't happen with IVF. All of this, all the steps to get to the point where your body just naturally tricks you, that shit sticks. It's mm-hmm. super sticky. Yeah. So, yeah, that is just false. <laughs> um, the next one um, is another pretty big one. Um, weight and stress. So, there's a lot of misconceptions that if you are overweight, that that's, like, contributing to your infertility or that it's contributing to, like, the success of your treatments. Um and I feel like this is something, too, where it's, like, everyone's going to have a different opinion, but, like, that is not proven. Like, you can be overweight and, like, have a child and have success. That has nothing to do with it. It's it's very annoying when people feel that way, that, like, when you're overweight that that's like a factor I don't personally believe that um and where I went like my clinic and my doctors like they didn't believe that either um I have seen stories where like certain doctors and offices like I don't want to say discriminate but like they can they can discriminate or they focus on weight or people just like society in general just they act like weight is a factor and it's just not and same with stress like it's just the same kind of thing like people love to say like oh if you're like really stressed it's like impacting like your outcomes and your treatments and it's like, how do you go through this and like not be stressed? Just relax. Like, like it's impossible. But also, like, it just, I think, like, there are points where, yeah, like, if you're like <clears throat> overly stressed, like, that's going to impact your body. Like, yeah, it is. It's probably better not to be like super stressed. But like, being stressed in general is just going to happen when you're going through this. And I'm a firm believer. And again, like, the doctors that I was working with, like, also, it just, like, it, that's not, like, a factor. So, it's really annoying when people always tell you, like, oh, you're overweight or you're too stressed. Like, that has nothing to do with any of this. And I think it's the reason why they say that is it's, it's a factor. It's not a contributing factor. It's a factor. So, for doctors, it's easy for them to try to assist in the you know fixing or whatever you want to call it the the, the treatment because if, if you are have you do have a weight issue let's just say well if you it could happen it could be a contributing factor right so if you just lost some weight you know that could help and and they like glaze over the could part so quick because I remember we've we've been in a lot of waiting rooms we've been in a lot of classes there's been blondes brunettes redheads you know, all different races, all different shapes and sizes. It There is zero target audience in infertility. Mm-hmm. Zero. The only yeah. thing that is guaranteed is biologically women are sitting in that waiting room. And also biological men sitting in that waiting room. 
And we are on the same side. If you, you ask me why my male factor happened, you know, my doctor could say, well, if you tried losing weight, yeah, of course, no shit. But I don't know how that's going to guarantee anything either. It's just they're, they're trying to cut out every reason that it could be until they're left with we have no idea. Because it might be beneficial for somebody to lose weight. It might do absolutely nothing. Don't rely on just those two things in particular to be the answer because, and, and not to just, you know, make anybody feel discouraged. It, it's, it's going to help you health wise regardless, but yeah, it's not right. going to be your key. Yes. At least not, not guaranteed. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it because like that was my point with like the stress, like anyone's health and wellness, you know, could improve if you you know lose weight or diminish your stress but like that's not like it's not the answer in this situation and we also have to be fair to ourselves we're human beings we Mm -hmm. have a lot of stress in general Mm -hmm. and you know the the pressure that we put on ourselves with weight in general is it's it's so hard and then you add on top of it what you're going through have a fucking bag of chips if you're needing a comfort food you're not going to continuously destroy your your potential by just giving yourself a minute to just enjoy something and i'm not saying let your inner bitch speak all the time and have a bag of chips with every single breakfast lunch and dinner meal but if if you're just like oh god i had a really bad doctor's appointment like i'm just so frustrated you know how many times, guys, we went and did something and then we went and got McDonald's french fries? Like, it was on well, the if, agenda. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. McDonald's french fries, it's like... It's like this... What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know, Superstition. Ronald, Ronald McDonald, if you want to sponsor this ad, we'll talk about fries until the cows come home. Because we ate a lot of them. It's just... It's a superstition in IVF that, like, before and after, like, a retrieval or a transfer, like, you get French fries. Again, if you know, you know. Dude, it was great. It was... It, honestly, I don't understand why that doesn't exist in more, like, <laughs> areas. Like, let's be superstitious as shit with McDonald's <laughs> French fries. Anyways, we have one more misconception. Um, this one is only older people have issues. So this is common. Like everyone just thinks like if you're older, like then, yeah, you'll have fertility issues. But you can be any age and experience fertility issues. Um, unfortunately, that is the truth. You can be young. You do not have to be old. Um, it all just depends on you and and what's going on but yeah that's a big one and it's just not true so a lot of times people tell you like oh you're young you have time no not always like me being young and having all the time in the world I heard that all the time and like it just that it didn't matter I didn't have all this time I didn't have like no that just like was not the case and they're not wrong by saying you have all this time, but it's sort of like, do you want me to waste it or do you want me to put something down to try to make it happen? Because I might need all that time just mm-hmm. to even have exactly. one chance. Yeah. I mean, it took me four years to Jesus Christ. Get it doesn't even feel to like to Mac. Enough. So, yeah, it's like when you think about like, you know. Do you imagine years like and not, age. Do you imagine like being 18 years old and being like, God, I just I can't get this executive job. And people are like, well, just you're young. Just give it time. And then you go to school for four years and walk out and they're like, 
we can offer you an entry level analyst job. And you're like, gee, I, what the hell? I just waste. I just did all like, uh, it's just like time is so easy when you're looking back because I actually just had this, I'm sorry, I'm going on a heavy tangent here, but it's, it makes, it makes a point at the end. I just had the most enlightening conversations with my 17 year old nephew a few weeks ago. And one of the things that he brought up was something very similar to this, which is that you, you have time. A 17-year-old's version of long ago is 10 years. Want to know why? Because they were seven. A long ago for me is 20 years. Why? Because I was 10. <laughs> so his seven years is my 15 years. His 10 years is my 20 years. And it's it's because you're not you're not looking at time relative to like numbers like one two three four years, it's it's percentage of your existence on this planet, right? So four years to you when you're 25 and you're starting this journey, or you're 26 and you're starting this journey. Just speaking relative to the audience, to a 30 year old is not that bad. Like okay, it's four quick years, whatever. But to a 25 year old, you were just in high school. Like very recently, just in high school, and that feels like an eternity ago, mm-hmm. because you've had a lot of things change up until that point. So, anyway, I'm coming back to the the only older people have issues and everything, but just that that's that's one of the misconceptions is that when people think that they're just being you know a little bit impatient, it's no that look at their timeline of their life. You know, they're looking at the finish line and going, "Holy shit, it's really far away," but then I know it's going to sneak up on me. And then, holy shit, I don't, you know, I'm young. Like, there, yes, but four years feels like an eternity, and it also feels like a, a quick snap of the finger. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very difficult. And I also think a lot of people like to put categories around this stuff. You, you, you hear, like, the demographic talk of, you know, 30-year-old or 30-plus. Like, you're, you're, in a, you're in a bucket. So that's, that's old. And then 25 and 30, that's, you know, the prime. And then everything before that they they make these generalizations to quantify data but that doesn't that doesn't take into a, an account the you know emotional aspects of it you're not in a category you're just you totally um but those were like the top misconceptions um that people suggested and like i said i really connected with those and experienced those yeah good good uh good to poll there on getting those yeah. topics like i'm sure we have a lot that we didn't talk about that some people are feeling affected by but um you know that's a pretty high level generalization and we're, we're just like we just licked the icing we haven't yeah. even gotten to the meat yet yeah like like i said there's so much more to all of this and just to kind of like wrap this up a little bit but like going back into like the challenges of all of this like all of the misconceptions we shared are challenges um but like i said like the emotional challenge with infertility is so severe like there um are even studies i we could pull them up but if you look it up you'll find it where they say that women going through infertility psychologically and mentally are in the same place mentally as someone going through cancer treatment. Like, it's that, like, heavy and, like, it's such a turmoil that it's, it's like, very similar. And the fact that we even have to draw that kind of a connection to explain it is sad. 
It is. Um, but, and I know, and that, like, that might be alarming to people, but um, it, it's it is. a generalization. It, but, it is. Yeah. And, but it is like a study and it's, it, there's a lot of information out there on that. Um, but yeah, the emotional challenge with this is really high. Um, another big thing is feeling left behind. Like we, we pretty much touched on that when we were kind of like talking about all of this, but like you constantly feel left behind. Like you were kind of watching life play out in front of you and you're watching all your family and friends just live and, and like whatever. And you're just kind of like stuck. Like when you're in this, like you feel like your life has like paused. Yeah. And, and being the, uh, ambitious type a people i think we are being stuck is the worst <laughs> shit on the planet it's horrible. like when you're not moving you feel like we're like we i feel like we're like sharks mm-hmm. like if we're not swimming we're dying mm-hmm. and here we are purposely stopping to try to figure something out and watching the world go past it's ugh. yeah it's i don't rough. want that anymore yeah. please um financial we talked about this a lot um, but yeah, that is a huge challenge. I won't go into that more because I really feel like we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Um, another one is like, it really affects your relationships and you know, it, we kind of touched on this. I feel when we're like talking about all these other misconceptions, but like your relationships, like it, it really affects it. Like with your friend, your family, like I know like I distanced like myself from many people just because it was hard. It was and. You know, I I hope this doesn't, like, hurt anyone's feelings because I don't mean it that way. But it was really hard when I was, like, really in the thick of all of this to sit with friends and just, like, hear them be so happy and, like, talk about all the great and wonderful things, which, like, made me happy. Like, I want my friends to, like, succeed and be happy. But, like, when you're in the trenches of this, like, it's really hard to, like, always be the one that, like is stuck or like feeling upset or down and like you don't really have like anything positive and like everyone else is like doing all this stuff and like it was it got to a point where like it was really hard for me to just like to to be in those situations um so it can really affect your friendships your family could just like not understand or you can feel disconnected from them and even like your partner like this is heavy shit. Like you're having a mm-hmm. lot of hard conversations. You're going through all the financial, the emotional. You don't feel good about yourself, so it can really affect your relationships. Yeah, and I feel like I want to draw like analogies to this just to kind of make it feel like 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 I said everything about this is relative. It's all about how you emotionally handle this stuff in the moment and comparing is so toxic to like other situations that it's 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 impossible to really understand unless you go through it but i do think that there there's a lot of ties to this that will help kind of paint a picture and i obviously can only speak to what i know which is the situation but you know there there is this kind of like fog that you feel when you're sitting there listening to your friends talk about their life their complaints you know like and as a try, trying to be a good person, you're trying not to like let your life interfere with someone else's yeah. experiences. So mm-hmm. when I'm hearing a friend talk about how he's so stressed out at work and he's got so much going on and like it's just it's just stress on stress on stress. And I'm just sitting there like I wish I wish that was I wish that was my struggle. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's his struggle. It's mm-hmm. it's her struggle. It's mm-hmm. my struggle. It's 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 your partner's struggle. And 
it doesn't our our experience does not diminish your struggle yes but then your struggle does not diminish ours either Mm -hmm. so it's where you get into these weird circumstances again that kind of like fog of uh, of existence where you 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 sit and you try to rationalize which just makes you nuts and Mm -hmm. then you know you're talking about the affecting your relationships with your your just your partner your your significant other whatever you want to call it it happens then Mm. because you i know for a fact (laughs) have (laughs) unintentionally and maybe intentionally just to wake me the fuck up we're experiencing some hard times and i have the audacity (laughs) to complain about my tum tum hurting oh my god (laughs) so you know it's just a perfect litmus test of do you really want to go there and me going, I don't know what's going on with you, but my tummy hurts. <laughs> and I remember, I think I got COVID and it was like right when COVID was fresh and you were like, get the fuck out of bed. And I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> and, and you're like, do you know what I'm going? And, it, you know, it's obviously like if you're hearing this, it's like, wow, you guys are harsh to each other. But like, that's just how our how we communicate. It's sort of like we push each other all the time. So for Miranda to to see me like not get out of bed after she questions my dignity and my uh strength as a human being that's how you know you're really fucked up right now and like the same thing happened to her like when she was like I'm just having a day and I'm like you've been having a day for a week like you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive but like we have to we have to go on and not mm-hmm. not being insensitive but like okay this is the fifth time we've had this conversation I've I'm running out of things to help you fix it like we you have to put checks out there, yeah but like, like this this is this is what this is a perfect example of how mm-hmm. it affects us like yeah. th- there were times where i was like i don't know what to do mm-hmm. but i know sitting there and just letting her sulk and pity herself is not is not appropriate and it's mm-hmm. not fair and it's not me advocating as a good partner yeah. as a good husband so it, it puts you in situations that if you didn't have to go through this you probably wouldn't have experienced which toxic positive jake here hello everybody <laughs> I think was a blessing in disguise because it forced you and I to grow as a couple ex- exponentially quicker mm-hmm. than a lot of other people. I've heard that from yeah. a lot of the older yeah. people in my life say, holy shit, you guys actually talk about that stuff? I'm like, there was no option. Yeah, Like we were either talk about it or like we have to part. Mm-hmm. And like to me, that wasn't an option. So like you figure it out or you burn. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're not experienced with the IVF environment and, and everything that we talked about before with these other challenges tied to the misconceptions, like I think that's just like a general example to how to handle life stress is like we, we were just put in a very, very specific vacuum mm-hmm. of IVF, but it, it translates and analogizes to a lot of different aspects of the world. Totally. And that's why I would love if anybody out there is listening that feels these things that you feel to, to reach out because I'm making a lot of connections to uh, feelings that I've read about in books, you know, specific to like PTSD and war, like that feeling of you're just sitting there drinking coffee and, you know, your, your friends are talking and you're just like, I'm not, I'm not here right now. Like I'm still back in my house doing shots, worried about my next appointments, you know, just like anybody else would talk about in these books of like, I'm still overseas thinking about my deployments and my brothers and all that, you know, blah, 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 not blah, 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 but you know what I mean? And, it it 
there is so much value to these people's struggles in all different categories that I think that the best way to help each other is to talk about it and do it in a sense that you're talking to a community of people that understand the suck mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. and it, life is just hard it affects everybody <laughs> adulting is hard i mean there had been times where i think you and i both like lashed out at like people on the road road like we road raged at people as a cu- it was awesome by the way <laughs> Uh, where we row raged at people who are just like they're oblivious mm-hmm. not that i have a feeling of like this is my road but it was just like they just were all over the place and i'm like wake the fuck up and they're i don't know what they're going through but here i am being a bad steward of what i'm preaching you know be be kind to yourself it affects your relationships it's a temporary feeling with a long-lasting scar if you're not careful so just be be as easy on yourself and everybody around you as you possibly can, but know that the feeling of anger and resentment is totally normal. Yeah, like big time. Um, Went down that deep, sorry. (laughs) The next one um, affects body image. So this is like a huge one, a huge challenge with all of this. I will say like I... It just, it really affected, like, how I felt about myself and how, like, my body looked and how I felt I looked. And, like, I just, I didn't want to be touched. And, like, it just, this stuff really affects kind of, like, that, the intimacy and, like, your body image and, like, how you feel about yourself. And and that's just, it's just, it's rough. Yeah, I remember you had to take, like, like, a blood thinner injection in your stomach that would make you have bruises like the size of your head mm-hmm. like it like it I, i'm not even kidding you folks like if she had to like take her shirt off or like the wind blew out her her dress up like marilyn monroe i think the cops would have been called because it probably looked like i punched her in the stomach every five minutes it was it was nasty like and i'm not saying it wasn't like repulsive like i was like no this chick's going through hell like good for her and and i'm proud of her i can look past you know the obvious swelling and stuff but do you really like me saying that to you? Like, I can look past it. Yeah, no. No, of course not. No. Right? But and, like, yeah, and it just, like, it made me bloated and, like, I gained Your face puffy. Yeah, yeah. I remember like, you complaining about a lot of shit. And it's just, like, you know, looking at pictures or, like, you know, when you're, I don't know, trying to, like, enjoy your summer and you're trying to be in a swimsuit and then you're with your friends and you're, like, trying to take photos and, like... I just felt like disgusting. Like I was like, oh my God, like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in a swimsuit. I look like different compared to like my friends. Like it's like this mental struggle and like it really affects your, it just affects your body and how you think of yourself and let alone, like I said, like intimacy. Like I just like wasn't about any of that. I'm going to quote the great Drake when I say, Wet pants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's when you the prettiest. I hope it's your own tanking round. <laughs> like, dude, we were living our best gork sweatpants like <laughs> lifestyle for a while. And I'm not even kidding. Like, I know how you felt. But the best part of it was like we just chilled in our PJs when we were yeah. home. There was no like need to like impress. And it was honestly the best. I mean, there were like really chill, good aspects of it, but... Yeah, like mentally, I just felt like we never I went was out for like dinner. And it, it was like a mixture of we don't want to spend the money on it because we were strapped. But then you also were like, I don't feel cute. And I don't feel cute. And I'm like, oh my God, woman, like, I think you're cute. Can we move on, please? Like, let's go. Like, thank I, you. oh, thank you. <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's just yeah, you're you're done right. And honestly, like, not to flip it on the male side because this all body image thing affects you in particular because we don't really have to go through anything the roadblocks or the <laughs> side effects of this <laughs> yeah but you did touch you did touch on something where you were like it affected the intimacy and that inadvertently gave me body image issues it wasn't it wasn't anything that you'd meant to do maliciously or anything like that but it was it was like this mirror effect of you were having your own body image issues which made you feel x y and z way but that kind of because I feel like the way you're programmed is if you don't feel good looking, you don't act like mm-hmm. somebody who's good looking or like your version of good looking Miranda, I should mm-hmm. say. So you're not going to, you know, be flirty because you feel gross. You're not going to be, you know, excited or happy or adventurous in just life because you feel restricted. You feel, you know, like you're not enough. And like all of these things tie at the end of the day towards, you know, the difference between us being a, a, a couple and being friends, mm-hmm. which is the intimacy part, that connection. And and that, that was drastically affected. Mm-hmm. And I don't hold it against you at all. In fact, I think we talk about it more often now than we did before, how, mm-hmm. you know, it's a tough, tough, tough place to be, especially if you find your love languages are affected by body image issues. Mm-hmm. So you inadvertently gave me body image issues you were already going through your own body image issues so it just it became this roommate phase of we're going through this shit we're dealing with our own emotions individually but then our emotions individually are in effect, you know inadvertently affecting each other and it it did it sucked for a little while and there'd be these moments where like the 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 walls would open and and the the sea would part and there would be this clear line of sight but um, those were few and far between mm-hmm. just because this, guys, this thing, this, this sucked. Like even talking about this, like it just, it's I'm making tired. me sad. I'm tired. <laughs> like it's just making me like sad and like, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it sucks. And I'm again, tired. like it's, it's an honest, vulnerable conversation. And I say this not to make anybody feel bad and especially not make you feel bad because Jesus, I mean, I, I had every opportunity to be like, that's it. I'm done. I don't want to do this. But I don't want to. Like, this this was worth it to me. This this short-term problem or circumstance, not even a problem, the short-term circumstance led us to what I was hoping would be a successful end. Not even Again, I would tell myself nothing different even if I didn't know the outcome. And I would do it again. I would. I don't want to, though. Please, <laughs> don't make me yeah um but it, it leads us we to were our, in this together yeah, it, yeah. And, it, and it leads us to the next challenge that we had listed it, it takes over every aspect of your life yeah which i feel like we really like talked that to death i feel but like it does like just every aspect of your life i think us talking through the challenges and the misconceptions really highlights that like it's like this like sickness that just like leeches on to everything and then before you know it like everything is just like covered in even this like sickness. just putting the toilet paper roll replacing the toilet <laughs> paper roll like on the most benign minuscule things of like woman you were just in here using the bathroom and you left the toilet paper roll empty like that kind of, they would just build resentment over stupid stuff and it affects the, the aspects of your life that you wouldn't even think 
yeah it's just it's all very intense but yeah and like the very last thing is just kind of like an overall point is you know like everyone is different with this everyone is going to feel a different way they're going to react a different way they're going to need different things um but having like open conversation and even if you're listening to this episode like I I hope that you like learned from it or if you're going through this I hope that you feel like you're not alone in this um and I think just like learning and familiarizing ourselves with it all like just it really helps yeah yeah well we are uh approaching over an hour and a half um see I always think we're gonna have like quick episodes and then we like talk we love talking well, but I think this was a good one. We it, really talked about a lot of tough but good things. Absolutely. So, but, but uh, I think, yeah, let's wrap it. Yeah. And uh, part three coming soon. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next Sorry one. Sorry it took us so long. We promise it won't happen again. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>